Welcome to Investors Insights. Our topic today is Slay the Inflation Dragon. We've got a great vlog for you this morning, and I was totally impressed with the amount of data and information my colleagues were bringing to the table this morning in our discussion. I'm joined by Ty Miller, Trey Booth, Bobby Norman, and Adam Van Zandt. And we're going to cover a lot of information here uh, as we observe and, and navigate through inflation, market performance, trends in the market. Also, from the standpoint of looking at different indexes and making sure that we have uh, numbers on that so you can watch this market. The other thing is on our social media, please keep up with us on that because on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, on our podcast, we are constantly giving out additional information tied to this blog. So we want you to be informed and to understand what's going on. That said, I want to start off this morning with Trey, because Trey, uh, that's really how we came up with our, our topic today. You had some great inflation information, which uh, indicates maybe inflation might start uh, tapering off. So talk about that. Yeah, thanks, Greg. Yeah, we've had we had July 13th circle on our calendars for a long time because of that was the day the CPI was released. And inflation is the top point for markets and also just the individual consumer and our clients. It's all, everyone's watching inflation. So the data came out and it surprised the upside. Uh, the markets were expecting 8.8% year over year and it came out at 9.1%. So it was very disappointing off the top on the on the top line numbers. But then the market started to rally to close the week. And so looking under the hood, why would the market rally off of higher than expected inflation data? So we, we wanted to see, you know, were there, were there other positive data points? And there were some really, really good points. If you look at core goods, uh, core goods inflation actually fell for the fourth straight month. Uh, that's something we've been talking about a long time. We needed to see goods inflation come down. Services inflation is not nearly as harmful to the economy. And then outside, and then in addition to that, imports, actually the prices of imports fell for the second straight month. And why is that important? Well, that shows that the US dollar is very strong and we're actually importing inflation or lower prices, but we're exporting, we're importing deflation, sorry, lower prices and we're exporting inflation, higher prices. If you look at all of our exports, exports went up by 0.7% month over month and import prices excluding fuel went down by 0.5. That's a, in terms of global economics, that's a huge number. And so something that could be very positive if we see those month over month start to build, and we may be seeing the beginning of the peak inflation. Now, it's not showing up quite in the headline data, but under the hood, there's some very positive information. And that's something we've been watching very closely uh, in terms of how that impacts the markets. Well, and key phrase there, just say it one more time for our viewers there about what we are exporting and what we're importing. I like the way you said that, Trey. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Because of the strong dollar, and this is the benefit of having the reserve currency, is that, is that when times get tough, People run to our dollar. So because of our, our the value of our currency strengthening, we are the, the, the stuff we are buying is cheaper. So we are importing lower prices. And the stuff we are selling to the rest of the world, largely agriculture, we are exporting higher prices. So we're sending stuff away at a high price. We're bringing stuff in at lower prices. So we're somewhat importing deflation, exporting inflation. That trend just started over the last two months, but it's a very important trend to watch. Well, and it's also one reason why we really focused on the U.S., markets versus international markets at this time, correct? That's right. Yeah, most of our most of our clients, and I think most people in this country, they 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 buy and sell things in dollars. And so it's something we watch. We're 
we're more inclined to focus on the U.S. really. In, in terms of global, it's kind of a wash, but in the U.S., it's very positive. Yeah, very, very positive. So I, want, I just wanted to emphasize that. And then, Bobby, you, you brought up the fact about similarities uh, when we've had inflation in this, this country. And I think you've got some incredible charts that really complement what Trey has talked about. So, so share with us about the S&P 500. Yeah, so back in April, uh, we compared to what's going on now with war, inflation, higher oil prices, and also in the midterm election year, to historical periods of the economy and the markets. And we were able to find that similar headwinds for the market occurred in 1970 and in 1982. So we want to take a look back and share updated charts of both years. And you can see by the chart from 1970, the S&P 500 is trading very closely to 1970. No guarantees and future market performance, but we like how the market came back and performed in the second half of the year in 1970 in a very, very comparable economic setup. You can also see in this chart going back to 1982, uh, which was the last time the U.S. was dealing with inflation, Russia, and a midterm election in the same year. And the second half rally going into the election was helped by inflation coming down meaningfully in mid-1982. And as Trey pointed out in last Thursday's vlog, we're seeing a similar setup with commodity prices coming down off the highs. Again, no guarantees uh, that the markets will perform exactly like 1970 or 1982, uh, but we like the historical relevance and hopes that the second half of the year will be a lot better than the first. You know, the news media is not reporting these kind of indicators, and that's why we bring them on the blog, to keep people informed, and that, hey, yes, this may be the news headlines, but there are, in, there are other things taking place here. And the other thing is watching our blogs, like you said, Trey last Thursday did a great job on commodity uh, prices and inflation, and it all ties in together if people take time to watch the blogs and track us. So, and Trey, you, you spoke up, just jump in there and talk about that. To Bobby's point, history don't repeat itself, but it sure does rhyme. It, 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 there's a logic behind that though, when you look at those years, right? We're dealing with inflation, but also, the timing of when when geopolitical events occur is is very similar. Since we you know since we became a republic, we have a midterm election year every two years, early November. You know every you know the Federal Reserve always meets in late July and then late September. So there are these there are these key time points that 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 can cause why the market rhymes, right? Because these events they may be different each time, but the timing of them. Is very similar year over year, and so no, you're, no, that, it makes sense if you look at you know why why do things rhyme? There's some logic behind that. It's not just that we're randomly picking picking years. A lot of data goes into that, but there's also logic behind it. Yeah, 1970 and 1982 are great years to pick in regards to inflation and market performance. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Ty, you you also talked about in, in the market that's dealing with inflation. Uh, you know, the flight to quality in terms of uh, stocks, dividend paying stocks uh, is a good strategy. Just talk about that. Yeah. So this year we've seen a, a flight back to quality uh, and by quality, I mean, dividend paying stocks opposed to non-dividend payers. So if you remember uh, kind of this time last year or maybe, you know, a little bit right after COVID, there was a lot of speculation in the market. You know, prices were going through the roof. Uh, companies were going up 80, 90% in a day, and they're not being taken over. Basically, no news. They're, they're soaring. Um, we've kind of retreated from that. And, and, and traditionally, um, dividend payers and specifically dividend growers have outperformed those that, that don't pay a dividend or don't grow a dividend. We're, we're starting to get back to that trend. 
Um, they're a great way to fight inflation. Uh, we we kind of call them short duration equities. What do we mean by that? Um, they're paying money now. They're earning money now. So, you know, it, the time horizon of their earnings is very short. It's, it's now. Uh, opposed to companies that are, you know, a little more speculative, they might have earnings in 10 years. You know, think of think of some like the, the EV car makers or something. They they might have a long time horizon. Well, when inflation's rampant, their future earnings are getting hit because they're worth less than they were, you know, six months ago. Right. Um, and with earnings season upon us, we just started last week with some of the banks. Earnings season upon us now. It's a great time to to look at those dividend payers and see who's growing their dividend. Uh, dividend growers have outperformed. They're a little less volatile. So it's a good thing to keep an eye on and, and try to fight inflation that way. Well, and, and it's living proof that regardless of what the economic conditions are, uh, whether it's inflation and all the volatility we're taking place, there's always opportunities out there. Uh, again, I've used the word navigate over and over again, but I, I, I fully believe in that, that if you're proactively managing the portfolio in relation to the financial blueprint, this is the way you keep people on track uh, as economic changes occur. And then, Adam, uh, you've got to give us some indicators here. Uh, what range are we looking at on this market uh, in relation to this volatility? Yeah, so the overall markets lag for a majority of last week uh, and actually reversed course on Friday. As we saw the S&P Friday close coming at 3,863. We also saw all 11 sectors up on Friday's trading day, giving us a new resistance level of 3,900 with a new support level of 3,820. Also, our year-to-date S&P moving day average is currently sitting at 4,251. So now that we're in July, mid-July, uh, half past the year, this is going to be an important number to keep up with and keep track on uh, going into midterm elections. Yeah, and midterm elections are not that far away. You're, you're right about that. So the summer is moving along fast. We will see the fall here in, in no time. And throughout all of it, we're going to keep everybody informed. It's been great. I've thoroughly enjoyed speaking to some groups that some of our clients have invited me to, uh, getting out and about uh, and people getting back together. Uh, once again, we uh, are very positive moving forward through this year. We're going to stick with our uh, title, Slay the Inflation Dragon. And uh, we hope we're celebrating in third or fourth quarter of this year. We hope you have a great week. Continue to travel. Enjoy your summer. And we will keep you informed. Thanks. Thanks.